We all have a lot of important people, a lot of important things in our lives, and today on Bridges, we are going to talk about your most important relationship. I want to welcome you to Bridges today. I'm Monica Schmelter, and today we're going to be in the book of John, chapter 15, and we're going to be talking about your most important relationship. And Pastor Eric Reed is here with me again today. Pastor Eric, it's so good to have you. Glad to be here today. Thank you. So I love John chapter 15 for so many reasons. Yes. It's just like loaded with a conversation. Yeah about all the most important elements in Christian life. And it talks about, you know, sometimes when we look at Bible language, yeah. we don't always understand what it means. And it talks about abiding. Yeah. Help us to understand that. Yeah. So this is, uh, I, I'll agree with you, one of the most important teachings that mm -hmm. Jesus does. He says, I am the true vine and my father is the vine dresser. So immediately, you mm -hmm. know, he's using imagery and metaphor yes. to talk about a very real reality. Um, every branch in me that does not bear fruit, he takes away. Every branch that does not bear fruit, he prunes, that it may bear more fruit. Already you are clean because of the word that I've spoken to you. Abide in me, and I in you. As the branch cannot bear fruit by itself unless it abides in the vine, neither can you unless you abide in me. Mm -hmm. So he compares himself to a vine. And in these days, they would have understood that very well. Yes. The vine would have gone across a trellis or some sort of structure to mm -hmm. hold it on. And then the little branches come off that vine. And each of those little branches contain a cluster of grapes. Mm -hmm. And what Jesus is saying is this, I am that vine and you are that little branch. And if you remain in me, so that's what abiding means, to remain, to stay. If you stay remained in me, if you stay connected to me, you can bear much fruit. If you stay remaining in me, uh, you will have life. Yeah. That's where your life source is. Mm -hmm. And he says, I'm the vine, you are the branches. Whoever abides in me and I in him, he it is that bears much fruit. For apart from me, you can do nothing. So just like that branch, if it gets detached from the vine, it loses its source Absolutely. of life. Yeah. And it can't bear any fruit. Mm -hmm. Or if it has any fruit on it, the fruit withers. That's right. And so what Jesus is getting at here is he's not trying to teach about basic you know, grapes and <laughs> clusters and he, nope. he's talking about his relationship to us mm -hmm. and more importantly our relationship to him mm -hmm. one in which we are to daily abide to daily remain in him for that's where our life's at yeah. not just uh physically yes he sustains our life um, he breathes the breath of life into us apart from that we we don't even have life today but even more than that, our spiritual lives are maintained and bear fruit as we remain in Him. And that's what He's talking about in this. And I think as people, and, and I'll speak for myself, that abiding and remaining can be something that's hard. Yeah. Right? Like if you give me a job, I can do that. Like yep. if there's a to-do list, yep. I can kind of work my way through that. Yeah. But when you, you say something like abide and remain, we... I, anyway, have this angst that I need to be doing something. Yeah. Like, we've got this problem and I need to be doing something. And sometimes we do, there are things for us to do. But he's talking to us overall. He's our most important relationship. Yep. And remaining in him, anything we do outside of remaining in him, if it's on our own, yep. it's not going to work. That's right. So to think about abiding, there's a, there's a paradox at work here. 
to abide is something that is ongoing. And yet there are things that help us to abide. There are, um, as some people like to say, means of grace or vehicles of grace that help us to abide. But think about it. Abiding, abide is a verb. Yeah, it is. It's a verb. Uh, to remain is a verb. It, it, it's not passive. And yet it's not simply, though, about doing something right. that makes God happy with you. Yeah. It's about, as you know, Paul says in Second Timothy, to strive um, or, or um, uh, pursue godliness, yes. right? Discipline yourselves for godliness. That's action. Yeah. Um, the Hebrew writer says strive for holiness without which no one will see God. That, that implies doing something. But it's not checking a box. I think that's the difference. What's at the heart of this is relationship. Mm -hmm. You've just talked about the most important relationships we can have. Um, Walking with God, abiding in Christ is the most important relationship any of us are fostering and nurturing. Mm -hmm. And just like any relationship, you and I have developed a relationship over the years through spending time together, through having opportunities to communicate with each other. That's intentional. That, that, that those are actions, but they're not actions for themselves. The, they're actions that drive us towards a relationship. And that's true for listeners and viewers of any relationship they have. The things that build a strong relationship are things not done unto themselves, but for that relationship. Yes. When a husband and wife say, we need to go on more date nights. We need to spend more time together. We need to be more purposeful of, of talking to each other. It's not so we can check a box and say, we talked to each other today. <laughs> Got our 20 minutes in. We did it. You know, <laughs> checked off the date night. Mm-hmm. The goal is these, are, these serve as vehicles for the relationship. Mm-hmm. So when we think about the Christian life, abiding in Christ can look like a multitude of different things that are means to that end, mm-hmm. relationship with Him. Um, time in the Word. Time in prayer. Hi, everyone. If you've been injured in an accident that was not your fault, listen up. We have legal professionals standing by to answer your questions for free. Call now and find out if you have a case and how much it's potentially worth. Call 800-497-4410. I'm here with spokesman John Wolfe. So, John, tell everyone listening who should call right now. Well, Maria, first off, thank you for having me here. It's always nice to answer the listeners' questions. Now, as far as who should call in... Anyone who's been injured in an accident and think you deserve compensation, give us a call right now. 800-497-4410. You'll find out if you have a case and how much it's potentially worth. Thanks, John. You heard it, folks. Take advantage of this opportunity and call now. 800-497-4410. Advertisement sponsored by Legal Help Center may not be available in all states. Being involved in community in church, with the life of other believers, these are all purposeful things that help us to abide. They do. They help us to grow. They help us to grow. And to connect all of all of those things. And so I think sometimes what we can try to do is to do things without that. That's right. Well, a lot of people do things for the things. Mm-hmm. Um, you can read your Bible every day and not be abiding. Absolutely. You, you can be going through performative prayers mm-hmm. and not be abiding. Well, you can go to church and not be abiding. And you can say amen at all the right times and 
all of that. That it's, right. the thing is, it really is a heart condition. It is. That's exactly. It's right. not just where our physical body is, though. Church attendance yeah. is important. That's right. It's an important part of growing as a disciple in Christ and being connected to the community of faith. But in and of itself, it won't do anything if we're not really participating with our whole heart. It's about getting our hearts in a position Mm -hmm. that says, I want to read the word that I might love him more, that I can spend time with, that I can hear from him. I want to pray because I know that he wants to hear from me and he loves me. And I I want to be a part of his body and worship him because he's worthy. And not because any of these are check the box things. Um, They are all means to that end. I'll give you a good example of this. In um, John chapter five, there's a story about the pool of Bethesda. And the idea was that um, an angel of the Lord would stir this pool And when that happened, those who were in the water could be healed. A really important question to think about would be this. If we found that pool today and bottled up that water and shipped (laughs) it around the world, do we think that people are getting healed by that? Well, no, because it wasn't the water. It wasn't the water. It was that God chose to use the water as a means to that end for grace. And uh, Jonathan Edwards, uh, you know, the preacher and theologian from the 1700s used to say, that's what spiritual disciplines are. They are the pool of Bethesda. God has chosen to use reading his word, prayer, fasting, community, solitude, worship. All of these things are vehicles. They're the pool of Bethesda. That if you get into those waters, that's how you abide with with God. That's how you abide in Christ. And so the goal is not to get our foot in the water. The goal is to abide. Right. The goal is to find relationship with God, strengthening. Yes, and that there are all those different means and ways. That's right. You know, and especially in this country of America, that we have more opportunities than other people in other places who are walking miles and miles to church to abide. That's right. And sometimes I think when something is so easily attained, so readily available, we can take that for granted instead of seeing it for what it is, the gift from God to help us grow in Him, to help us connect. And so this verse is just really saying that if we try to do all the things without abiding, the things will not be successful. That's right. One of the ways to think about this, if you notice in um, the the previous verses, verse 3 says, already you are clean because of the word that I've spoken to you. This goes back to 13 when he says, all of you are clean, except for one of you, (laughs) right? And the clean he's talking about is is my righteousness makes you righteous. Mm -hmm. Your faith in me is what makes you have right standing with the Father. No one can come through me, John 14. I mean, no one can come to the Father except through me, right? So when he says already you are clean, he means you, you have access. Your sins are forgiven and you have union with God. You have access to have union with God. Then he follows that by saying, abide in me. You have this access, so use it, pursue it, run after it. And and so you can actually separate this out. You could say abide in him. You can talk about having communion with him. That's relationship. Mm-hmm. And and this is this is what marriage is. Marriage is the union of a man and a woman in marriage who then live their life in communion with each other. And we know that earthly marriage is nothing but a picture of the heavenly marriage between Christ and his church. So the same principle exists. We enter into union with God through faith in Christ and we are made clean. But what's the purpose of that? It's not to walk away at the altar and be like, good, I'm clean. Things are well. Mm -hmm. It's no, now you can 
abide in him. You can have communion with him. So therefore, he says, abide in me. Run to me. So yes, studying God's word, learning how to pray. Um, Not everybody has the resources that we have. Not everybody in our world today and certainly throughout history have had the resources that we are so blessed to have. The fact that people can even be tuning in right now to this program to hear the word, have a copy of the word in front of them Mm -hmm. as we do this is one of the most unique things in all of human history to have. And and with the click of a a phone, you can get to resources galore on even just the verses we're talking about. You know, and you think about just kind of our, our country landscape right now with all the talk about unfair things, equal opportunity, all these things. And, and and we need to have those conversations. But I think for me, as a believer in Christ, the one thing when I look at my life that I have to say is the word is readily available. All of God is accessible. He has invited me, invited you and invited all of you to abide the verb part, right? So we can either do it or not. And so we can look at life and say, well, there's a lot of tragedy, a lot of a lot of challenges, a lot of inequities. Yep. yep. But we all can tap into God's word. We all are equal at the foot of the cross. Yes. And in this country, like we just have that at our fingertips, yes. on our phones, everywhere. That's right. And wouldn't it be wonderful if we could just abide? Yeah. One of the problems we have is we're busy. Yeah. We're so busy that we don't abide. And so a couple of just practical things for for viewers to think about would be set a time that you plan on spending some time with God to abide, to to rest and remain in Him. But also learn to recognize over the course of your day that you can abide at all times because what you're doing when you remain is you're tethering your faith in all things to Him. Mm -hmm. And even making petitions and requests. We can be talking right now and I can talk to you while praying for the things I say. Exactly. I can also be praying for every viewer right now, mm-hmm. even as you and I are engaged in a conversation. And in doing so, I'm abiding in him. I'm saying, Lord, use these words to help someone, to speak to someone. And I can be doing that while being engaged in other things mm-hmm. because my relationship, I've got access at all times. That's right. That's right. And so it's purposeful. Abiding is purposeful. Mm-hmm. It's intentional. It's thoughtful. And in some ways, it's a it's a rhythm that people have to learn to develop yes. in their lives. Yes. And we can, though. We can. We can. That's the whole thing. It's like that, that knowledge is that power, yes. right? To know that, yes, I can do this. If yes. I'm working on the line at work, right, and I'm putting parts together, yeah. I can still be interceding in my heart. I can abide. It doesn't have to be a full-fledged Bible study. Maybe that comes at break. That's right. But while you're the best part fitter and the best person on that line, hardest worker, we can still be interceding. That's right. Mom taking care of her children doesn't have a moment to spare, but in her heart and head, she can be interceding for her children, for her family. And if we can open up our eyes to see that, because I think a lot of times we think, well, I've got to get away to the retreat. I've got to have the week to do this. It's got to be the special spot, special time. And we need that. We do. Thank God for that. But every day it has to be life. Ongoing. So Mm -hmm. abiding is ongoing. Mm -hmm. Yes, you're abiding if you get up early and go to your couch and get in the word and prayer before anyone wakes up. Just don't detach that when you get off that couch Mm -hmm. and you go get a shower, 
that you stopped abiding. Exactly. Exactly, because people will be like, I'm not spending enough time with the That's Lord. Right. It's like, well, we having that special set apart time is critical. It's great. But we can do it. We can have that time all day long, all in the, the car, a That's long right. commute. I have a long commute to work. It's a beautiful time. Yes. Right? I am paying attention to the road. I'm also driving in the presence of God. And you don't I'm close being, your eyes No, I don't. I keep them okay. wide open. Okay. Yeah, That's like, good. Yeah, someone calls me and asks for prayer. I'll be like, I'll pray, but these eyes are open because I'm <laughs> on the road. Even with the smart cars, That's you right. still need to keep those eyes open. But, but it, the point, but yes. being funny, the point is true, though. It's like yes. you are abiding even as you are engaged in living out your life. Yes. And that's what he's saying here is he, he is the brand, he's the vine, and we must as branches stay connected to yes. him because that is the source of our spiritual life. It's the source of our being fruitful mm-hmm. as well. And then he continues on. He says, um, and, and this whole passage is just a reminder, abide in me as my words abide in you. So that's one of the ways that we're abiding throughout the day is we're letting his words abide in us. We're letting scripture saturate our minds and inform our thinking. And we're filtering things we're seeing and hearing in the world through his word. That's what he means by letting it abide in me. He says, if you keep my commands, you will abide in my love. Just as I've kept my father's commands and abide in his love, these things I've spoken to you. What things? Uh, about abiding, yes. <laughs> about I'm the vine, you're the branch. These things, these things I've spoken to you that my joy may be in you Amen. and your joy may be full. I, I think that's the home run verse. Yes. Because what he's saying is here's the end goal, joy. Yes. Abiding in me and, tell, and, and, and him telling us to abide in him isn't because he wants to take anything from us. It's he wants to give something to us mm-hmm. and that's his joy. Yes. I love that picture. My joy, he says, just like he said in chapter 14, my peace. Right. So what he's going, what he's going after here is like, if you want to know joy and listen, everybody pursues joy. Everybody seeks happiness. Blaise Pascal was a, um, a mathematician, but he was also a theologian. <laughs> and uh, one of the things Pascal said was um, everybody, even, even the person who is trying to escape this life is seeking happiness. Absolutely. Everything we do tends towards happiness. We do what we do because we think it will make me happy. Right. right. And what Jesus is saying is, that's right. So abide in me. If you want full happiness, full joy, it's found in me. So he's going, I'm telling you all this so that you will know that joy. Yeah. He's, he doesn't, he's not taking anything. He's giving us something. And that's the whole thing is that Christianity and our walk with the Lord is God giving us life. Yes. God giving us eternal life. Yes. God giving us wisdom. It's God giving us. Yeah. Now, we want X number of things, sometimes rightfully and sometimes sure. wrongly. Sometimes we want the wrong things. And sometimes we try to get joy, yeah. right? A byproduct of serving God. We try to manufacture it in some other way. That doesn't work. Right. But the idea is he's... Tr- he's Offering himself, he's offering his word to us so that we can live in true joy. And notice he says full joy, Yes. which means there are other joys in life, but they're not full joy. There's a lot of things that God gives. God gives relationships and marriages and children as sources of joy. But children will never give you full joy. No. Uh, The promotion will never give you full joy. It can give you joy, and they are blessings from God not to be spurned, right? Mm -hmm. They're not to be shunned or turned away from. But what he offers us is 
joy with no room for more. A, a full cup. Um, that's why he says fullness of joy. It, it's very similar to Psalm 16, 11, where David says, in your presence, there is fullness of joy. And at your right hand are pleasures forevermore. That picture of full joy and unending pleasure means there's no spare room. You can't smuggle any more extra joy in. <laughs> it's to the brim. Mm -hmm. And this is what Jesus says. He says, if you abide in me, me, relationally connected to me, will walk with me, not only will you bear much fruit, but you'll have full joy. And what an invitation. You know, if we can just get rid of the cares of this life, right? If we will just be willing to turn that off right. and abide in him. Yeah, first priority. Yeah. Cultivate him as our primary right. relationship. Of course, we enjoy the other relationships, right. but as our primary relationship, whenever that gets off kilter, yeah. there's less joy. That's right. Well, and if I have full joy because I've got my relationship with Christ prioritized, I don't need for you to give me something that you can't give me. Exactly. I don't have to squeeze out of my job something it can't provide me. So if I've got fullness of joy in Christ, then I can let you be a proportionate joy to my life yes. that you're supposed to be mm -hmm. instead of putting the burden on you to give me full joy, which you can't do. Right. You know, and that's so important. I think it causes people a lot of suffering and a it lot does. of angst. There's even a teaching, which I, I think it, it holds some truth about, you know, fulfill your purpose, yeah, right? That's and right. Have a purpose in your job. But none of us can expect any job. That's right. Right, whether it's being a pastor or being a doctor or being a plumber, right. no job can give us full joy. It can't. And sometimes a job is just something that a person goes to yeah. to earn a living, That's right. to put bread on the table, which is honorable before God, Absolutely. to pay tithes, to give offerings. But we are we live in this land of plenty yep. where we're expecting all of these things from everything that the job, every moment you just wake out of bed and love to go to it. Well, no. come on. Who does that every no. day? Sometimes you're glorifying God by dragging yourself to work. Amen. Yeah. Even in ministry. That's right. right? That's right. And, and yet you can still have joy yes. if the joy is coming from your abiding in Him. That's right. And you're not expecting any other relationship or job or thing to be for you what only God can be for right. you. Which, by the way, that's the definition of an idol. Anything that you're asking to be for you, what only God can be for you, mm. is an idol. Yeah. Um, and we make good things bad things when we ask them to be God. Yes. Well, and it's such an unrealistic expectation. It sets us that's up right. for all the wrong things. And so we have then these instructions, yep. right? Yep in John chapter 15 that tell us the path to joyful living Yep. and that it is not in things or making things in charge of our life, but abiding in Christ. Right. And as we do that, then joy comes. And it's so important that he says that because what follows it, mm -hmm. the world's going to hate you. <laughs> he says, that's great. He said, let me, <laughs> let me go ahead and give you a heads up. You need to find your fullness of joy in me because you're not going to be able to find it in this world loving you. Mm. In fact, that's what the rest of 15 goes into, right. is the world's going to hate you. And we're seeing that. We, we do. Yeah, we're seeing that. We're seeing that as we say, Jesus is the only way to the Father. Yep. People hate us. They're going to hate you. You know, as we say, no, holiness is holiness. Yep. Marriage is one man, one woman right. for life. 
people hate that. They hate it. That new thing today is love is love. Yep. That's no, right. love is what God says love is. It's what he defines. Yes. Is. That's right. He, he gets to do that because he's God. That's right. So whenever we bump up against that hate, yep. provided that it's because we're standing for God's word. That's right. Not because we're making it easy to hate us by our own attitudes right. and if, behaviors. If that's we right. behave awful All we have to do is stay, to stick to the truth, then we'll be hated. Yes. That's right. Yeah, we don't have to add anything to we it. We don't need any extra things. Yeah, no extras added there. That's right. They're going to hate us, and yet you're saying in the midst of that, we can still be joyful. That's right. So Jesus says, listen, find your joy in me, but know this. Um, the world's not going to love you. It's not gonna, it, the world will hate you. The world will persecute you for my name's sake. He even says the servant's not greater than his master. So if they persecute me, you should expect that they're going to persecute you. Mm-hmm. you. You should expect that they're not going to love you. And this is so important in our day and age because you can be faithful to everything God says and wants you to be. And it's not going to be enough to win the world's favor. No. So if you don't grapple with that now as a Christian, as a believer, if you don't grapple now with the fact that you can be the most loving, godly, kind person, but if you're obedient to abiding in Christ above all, you will eventually bump into people hating you. Yeah. And it doesn't mean you've done something wrong. It, it, it likely means you've done something right. Amen. Amen. And that we should be willing That's right. to go through that. The Bible says, you know, to expect the persecution, right? But none of us has suffered like Jesus did right. to the point of shedding our blood. That's right. And even if I did shed my blood, That's I right. couldn't win the salvation of the world. You didn't have like the weight of did. sin and wrath on you. No, That's right. No. I mean, he paid a much greater That's right. price. That's right. And you think of in the book of Matthew where it says to rejoice and be exceeding glad for the prophets before you were persecuted. That's right. But when I get persecuted, my go-to is not always rejoice and be exceedingly glad. No, we often go to a corner and pout and think, did God forget me? Yes. God, help <laughs> me out here. I'm just sticking up for you, okay? Listen, we, we need to recognize <laughs> that the world's not handing out, you know, blue ribbons and gold stars for being a Christian today. No. And that's okay. What we've got to commit to is faithfulness. Amen. And we'll, we'll, we'll know this. If, if we get persecuted, we're in good company because yes. Christ was persecuted. So are the apostles. So are the prophets. So are many throughout church history. So we're not going to make ourselves an offense, but we will follow Christ faithfully. And we'll know because Jesus tells us they'll hate you for that. Yeah. And, and, and so we're not signing up for anything he didn't tell us. <laughs> exactly. He's warned us. He's warned us. You know, I think, you know, when I look at so much of what Jesus is doing in these last chapters of John, yep. as we're leading up to the crucifixion and resurrection, is he's preparing us. He is. He's like saying, like, this is what you need to know, people. This is what you need to know. This is what it's all coming down this to. This is, the, this is the marching orders. This right. is what you have to see. And we have to really hear that in this day, yep. that persecution is a part of the servant of Christ's yeah. life. So what do you do when you're persecuted? What do you do when people malign you, when people mischaracterize you, when people call you names like homophobic or mm-hmm. you name it? Simply for honoring what God says yes. in his word, here's what you do. You abide in him. Amen. You abide in him because that's what he promises will bear much fruit and will give you joy. And that's what we all need. We're out of time again, but thank you so much for coming. Thank you. It's been so good to talk to you. We're going to continue on Bridges to study in the book of John. And as we go today, I want to leave you with today's truth. And that is that your life will take on an entirely different perspective 
when your relationship with Christ is your main and your first priority. We're out of time. We've got to go, but we say goodbye and God bless you. For more information on a guest, visit our website, ctntv.org. Don't miss another episode of Bridges. Subscribe to our YouTube channel today where you can find all of Monica's latest teachings. Just visit youtube.com, search Monica Schmelter, and click subscribe. Once subscribed, click the bell icon to get notified when a new episode is available. Thanks for watching Bridges. Prayer changes things. If you need prayer, visit ctntv.org slash prayer today to submit your prayer request. Don't give in. God's word says you're an overcomer. It takes training. It takes discipline. And so when you're fighting that good fight of the faith, you take your story, whatever it is, and you saturate it in faith and you fight for it. Visit monicashmelter.com to schedule Monica to speak at your next event. Join the Bridges community on Facebook. Visit Facebook and search for Bridges with Monica. We would love to connect with you. Hey there, it's Nicole Eunice from the How to Study the Bible podcast, and I'd love to invite you to join us as we weekly discover a passage of God's Word together. From beginning to end, from principles to practicals, we are here to make sure that God's Word is powerful and relevant to your life. If that sounds like something you're looking for, I would love to invite you to subscribe. You can go to lifeaudio.com and search How to Study the Bible, and we'll see you there.